Brothers and sisters, I am excited for what's about to happen now. Uh, we have what we're calling stories of grace. Uh, we've got, we're opening up this, this time in this pulpit for people to share how they've seen God at work in their lives. Maybe it's something from the past. Maybe it's something recent. But um, believe it or not, even though the number one fear of people is public speaking, we have several people signed up uh, for you this morning. And so I'd like just to go ahead and get us started. Almost 15 years ago, it's been an emotional morning. It's been wonderful to be here. <laughs> I was honored to be given the name Grandma. I've loved this chapter in my life. Soon after, I decided I wanted to pass my spiritual baton onto my children, grandchildren. So 13 years ago, I began the journey of reading through the Bible for each grandchild. For each one, I purchased a large margin Bible where I can write personal notes and insights all throughout the scripture that I will give to that grandchild. Pastor Nate, many of your wonderful sermon notes are in one grandchild or another's Bible. I have highlighters which I use to underline ways that they can reflect their love for Jesus in obedience, wonderful promises, powerful prayers, impactful passages, and ways to grow in Christ. There's also times where I just write what's going on in the world, where God's showed in, up in my life that's sparked by the scripture that I've read that day. Each journey of reading through the Bible has been a very intimate time as my heart is thinking only of that one specific grandchild, and I pray for them as I go. I'm currently reading my fifth Bible for one of my eight grandchildren. Many of you know I have a son that all my children grew up in this church, and one of my sons is a very present and active father, supportive husband, caring son, but not walking with Jesus. So his 11 and 13-year-old children have no church fellowship. They have no Bible upbringing. Last year at this time, his 12-year-old daughter, who is at my house often and aware that I read through a Bible for her long ago, said to me, I'd like to start reading through the Bible, and I'm wondering if you could give me the Bible that you wrote in for me. I leaped with joy. I thought I would give it to each grandchild, maybe in their 20s after college. At this time, a year later, she has read from March from Matthew and is into Corinthians. Sometimes she'll call me at night and we'll read a chapter or two. Can you imagine that joy? Oh, the grace of God calling Annalie's heart to him. And perhaps she will be the key which will bring her daddy back to follow Jesus. Hi there. I thought it would be fun to give up my story of my testimony of how I came to faith. As, uh, as we're newer, I haven't been here, it would be fun to hear about. So. Um, I was raised here in the Chicago area. I went to a Catholic church on the southwest side of Chicago, uh, near Midway Airport. I would go to church with mom and dad, and some of the time I would, uh, I would tell mom and dad I was going to church, and I would ride my bike there and kind of ride around the neighborhood for a while and eventually go back and pick up the, the bulletin on the way back and show mom, look, I went to church. <laughs> but all in all, in the end, I really did, I believed in God. I know I believed he, was, that he existed, but never really knew that 
you could have a relationship with them or any of that kind of a thing. And uh, there were times, of course, I prayed when if I had bad grades in school and I wanted to pray to keep mom and dad from being too angry with me, I became an instant believer and go and pray. And he still seemed to honor his prayers, and I always believed that he kind of would still honor that. Well, and I went, I was 15, I started working at a little Mexican restaurant, and the owner there was one of those Jesus weirdos who was always sitting there reading a Bible, and, and, and uh, it, was, it was kind of strange, but you know, he, would, he didn't mind sitting there every once in a while, he'd stop and ask us about the passage that we were doing that he was reading about, and then he would preach to us for a little while, and I didn't mind getting paid to sit there and stand there and listen to him lit, preach to me, and he didn't really mind lit, preaching to me and paying, you know, paying me to do it. So, so we, a bunch of us, they would kind of work and listen to him for a while, and after a few years in 1985, my, one of my coworkers, Mike, was also you know, in the area, he also... He, prayed and accepted Jesus into his heart and prayed and accepted the Lord. And then he was all of a sudden reading, he was reading the Bible and he was one of those weirdos. But, he was, but then he would talk about how a difference it made and how Jesus came into his heart and how much difference his life, his life was. And, and so then he would be you know, telling me about it too. And I eventually then in July came to the realization that I needed this in my life, that there was this missing thing, that I needed this, this, this Jesus that I'd only seen um, in statues in church, I needed him to come into my heart. I needed a relationship with this God that, that I knew was there and never knew I could actually interact with, that had died for me and that, I, that rose from, from the dead that could then guide my life. And so then July 28, 1982, I sat at the little booth in the Mexican restaurant and prayed with him and asked Jesus, Jesus to come into my heart and my life. And uh, started instant change. You know, instantly it was like we were floating at cloud nine and we were have just have fun as uh, riding around and doing things. I attended a little church in, in Oakland and uh, got was baptized there at the church. Uh, a church whose pastor was a former prisoner and arson turned to God. So the first book he ever read in his whole life, as he was illiterate before, first book he ever read was the Bible. And he would go to Caprini Green and the horrible places and preach to people there. And uh, so eventually all the people that worked at the restaurant, all the employees became believers and believers also. So we all, little by little, God just brought all of us in. And uh, we would hurry up and close the restaurant, and we'd go in the back and bring our guitars out, and we'd be playing songs in the back and praying. And then sometimes we'd walk around in the streets and pass out literature, pass out tracks, and try to talk to people and, uh, and, uh, and all of that kind of thing. And it was uh, just the beginning of many years of, God's, of God leading us down paths that I had no idea we'd ever go down as has been as has been the story throughout the Bible of people God leading you in places you have no idea where and fulfillment of yourself and of everything that you need and and all to the glory of God and what he's done. So and he also brought us here to you. So. As I thought through my life in light of God's grace, the hymn Amazing Grace kept me company. Tis grace hath brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home, will lead me home. My grace story has to start with my parents. Mom and dad were teenagers when they arrived separately in Buffalo, New York in the 1920s, having left family in Sweden. The Buffalo Covenant Church which then had services in Swedish, received them as their own. 
By the time I was born in 1943, there were built-in aunts and uncles who held me and my sisters close. They were God's provision for three little girls whose grandparents were across the ocean. The church was central in our lives. I would sit in the service and my brown buster brown shoes were pressed up against the pew in front of me and I was probably drawing, but I was listening. And the ants behind me were, would pass over a peppermint to keep me happy. At this early age, I heard the gospel and I knew that God loved me. I knew that I was a sinner and I knew I needed to trust him. So every night I would lie in bed and ask him to come into my heart to forgive me. And I prayed this every night, but I had no confidence that he heard me. <clears throat> I wasn't sure. When I was 11 years old, I went to camp at Mission Meadows, which is a covenant camp. And the Spirit of God pulled me to the front of the outdoor chapel. My counselor was quickly beside me when I told her that I wanted to be God's child, but I had prayed and prayed and I didn't know if he heard me. She helped me understand that he did hear me. He'd always heard me. And we prayed again, but this time together. And I entrusted my life to him and I knew he had heard me. When I went to bed that night in the bunk of the cabin, I had a sense of elation and joy and great relief. And again, from Amazing Grace, how precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. By God's grace, he provided me with a college education, something my parents had certainly not had available. At North Park College in Chicago, my faith expanded intellectually and interpersonally and actively. And there I met Herb Clausen. <laughs> How gracious is our God. I thank God for my husband, whose tender heart and wise decisions have mirrored our Heavenly Father for me and for our sons. And by his grace, we've had 55 years of marriage that included friendships, satisfying work, the privilege of raising four sons and knowing our daughters in love and grandchildren. But this past year, we had to make an important decision. We recognized that Herb's progressing Parkinson's disease was bringing us to the place where I couldn't safely care for him. So we made the decision that Herb would live in assisted living at Windsor Park and I would move to a cozy, smaller apartment. And we were supported in this decision 
by family and friends, and by you, our church. You helped us make these choices, make these moves. You physically moved us. Camilo, Manuel, and Matt, and Rita's help got us through this. You have shown God's grace to us, and we thank you. All is well. Tis grace hath brought us safe thus far, and what's the rest? Grace. And grace will lead us home. Hello. Uh, we are very happy to be home <clears throat> for holidays, and huh, it's hard for me to speak after hearing these beautiful stories. Um, there's so much to say. Um, hmm. About um, God's amazing grace. And we mainly wanted to talk about the recent events. Um, as many of you know, we are from Colombia, South America. We do not come from a wealthy family, and the economy of our country is not the best, so there's no way we could be here and afford to be here and um, this year, I was admitted to a PhD program at Asbury Theological Seminary, which is, for me, impossible in many ways, and one of those is academically. Um, I have struggled so much with, with my studies, and uh, I never thought I was going to be admitted to a PhD program, but God uh, wanted to. And, and, and I got admitted, and then I got a tuition scholarship, and then we had no idea how we were going to afford to move there and be there, and we still have no idea. <laughs> but God has been amazingly uh, graceful. We have not lacked food on the table, and I have just finished my first semester at at a PhD program at Asbury Theological Seminary. So, even though we have no, we think we don't have the resources, but financially or intellectually or whatever, God um, has done the rest that we don't think we have. And we are very grateful, and we continue with this reality in our life that there's nothing impossible for God. If, if we are willing to trust, he will do the rest. And so we are very grateful to God and very grateful to all of you because we feel home um, uh, with all of you, especially Pastor Nate, Laura, and the kids. And because even we are far from home, we know we have you. And, and that's very meaningful. Thank you. These stories have just been beautiful, and mine is not nearly as God's grace has been in my life, and this is basically just a snapshot of when he showed me his grace. Um, I had been struggling in a friendship, investing my time and energy to support another because I felt there was a friendship there, and historically, that relationship had been very meaningful to me. But for some time, it had been feeling very one-sided, and I didn't know what to do. 
Should I let it go? Should I take a break? Should I try harder? And I was leaning towards letting it go, but recognized it was really, really hard. Um, so on one Sunday morning, I just sat and I prayed and I asked, please, please give me some direction, some guidance in, in this because I don't know what to do. And it suddenly struck me that I should listen to the sermon. And I remember thinking, but we're going through Acts right now and I'm not quite sure how that's going to apply to my very specific situation, but okay, okay, I will listen. And just imagine my surprise when the entire sermon that day was all about friendship and the qualities of friendship. And that sermon was the answer to my prayer and gave me the guidance I had been looking for. I realized the relationship touched on all six of those qualities. It didn't harm me to keep being more intentional with it and keep giving it more time. Today, I feel that friendship's exactly where it needs to be and continues to be such a blessing in my life. And I am just so grateful for God's grace in answering my prayer. So I've been asked to share a story of how I've been able to see God provide in my life this year. For me, it's hard to choose a single story because the months collided into each other as chaos ensued in my life. Um, this year began like any other. I was hoping for a change in myself and in my family, and God definitely followed through. As my plans turned upside down and inside out, and as my plans turned into questions for the summer and the fall, God gave me what I needed. He came in proportion to every one of my needs. He gave me friends to lean on, he gave me a church to lean on, and he gave me a new family to lean on. I have almost lost my parents, um, not physically, but emotionally. And through this, at school, I was able to talk to my friends about this, and they allowed me to find support in them, and talking with them, and bearing my burdens with them. They led me to a new church, and this church helped me find a place to live in the summer and in the fall and continue to be here and be supported by people here. And I greatly appreciate that. The homes that have welcomed me in have given me a safe place, place to process my new changes and all that's happening in the world. They've encouraged me and helped me see the resilience that God has given me in my life. Without them, I would be lost. <laughs> my friends have also led me and helped me see my new family that I have. And they've helped me see that I'm not alone, that in this crazy time of this year, and that God is with me through people. And even though I don't feel him, even though I can't see him physically, I can see him manifested in the people around me. And he has given me such grace. and through all the people around me. And I'm just so blessed. Um, people who aren't my blood family have welcomed me so greatly and so kindly. And yesterday I just sat in my room and I just realized how blessed I am um, because of all that God has given me in this year, even with all the craziness that I've experienced. And I'm just so thankful for um, getting back into school and being pushed to go back into school, being encouraged to continue working even though it's not the easiest thing to do, and being encouraged to do the next step. And what happens next is 
God's plan. And whatever happens, I don't have to worry because I have people around me who care for me and who love me and who can show God's love to me. So, thank you. Our lives seem to be more or less like everything one expects. The two of us doing what we like the most, me as a pastor at a beautiful church with a lot of projection, Camila starting the most important job challenge she had ever had, a beautiful house, beautiful city, full of brothers, sisters, and friends, and a beautiful family made up of four. We were surprised with so much blessing from God around us until October 26th, the last year. Our lives began to have an unexpected turn. Something that we had not measured. A common stomachache like the sickness of any of our children's. Good and being different in our case. For some reason, we are still trying to understand our little and first daughter in just two days was in the arms of the Lord. From that day, when we have experienced a roller coaster of emotions, drastic change in our, in our way of life. And today, we are standing in front of you just to say, thank you. Thank you, Faith Covenant Church. Because although we have not had the privilege of knowing each one of you deeply, you have inadvertently been part of our restoration as a family. We arrived without a destination, looking for a new horizons, somewhat confused, but trusting God. Inexplicably, he began to counsel us in this new way of living. It has been a year of many tears in secret, of infinite learning of maturity in our relationship with the Lord, a sabbatical year to think deep in our hearts and reaffirm our faith and trust in Jesus. We want to especially thank Nate and Laura. Laura. <laughs> Who in a very genuine way welcomed us from the day one when they met us. Both with Camilla and prayer, we have reached the conviction that we must return to our country. We have so much to give. We ask for your prayers because we must start all over again. New home, church, work, house, car, everything. Please, let's keep in touch. These last few days have been very sensitive for us because we miss our daughter. 
and a deep thought in a deep thought in my head made me think very humbly how I wish to back to go back in time and be able to hug her. Nevertheless, God has guided our hearts so that we do not go back in time, but look to the future because we will hug her again, but in eternity with Jesus. Brothers and sisters, dear church and family, in this brief time that we have lived together with you, do not live your life without this conviction. Wake up! Because just as it happened to us, lives can change in an instant. And at that moment, Jesus will be the only real thing you have. Let me read a special passage for with Camilla um, God gave us. It's in Job 14, verse 7 to 9. At least there is a hope for a tree. If it is cut down, it will sprout again, and its new shoots will not fail. Its roots may grow old in the ground, and its stamp die in the soil. Yet at the descent of water, it will bud and put forth shoots like a plant. Thank you for everything, everyone. As a member of this church for over 40 years, I thought I would get up and tell you a little bit about this church, especially for the newer people. But you've just experienced it. I was going to tell you that this church was explained to me 40 years ago as a way station, as a place to take people in along their journey in life. It wasn't about this church. It wasn't about building our attendance or greatness of this church, but it was about building the church all over the world. And that we could take people in that God sent us and then send them back out. Some as missionaries, some as graduates of Wheaton College, and, and some as just strengthened in their faith to go and lead and work in other churches. I was going to tell you about the, the realization that we've come that it's more blessed to give than to receive, and that you can't outgive God. But you've seen that in the testimonies we've just heard. I have one just last story I wanted to tell you. We had a seminarian wander in a few years ago just to visit the church. He needed an internship. He needed an internship to graduate. Well, he talked to the pastor, and the pastor was going to have to give time each and every week and make a commitment over this whole year, and, and this was too much for the pastor. And, and the pastor talked to me, and I said, well, I, I can't give every week and, and this time, but maybe we could do it together. So the pastor and I, Rick and I, as two ordained ministers, said, we can, we can cobble this together to help you. We're going to help you. <laughs> that intern is our pastor. You cannot outgive God. It is more blessed to give than to receive. 
And it is our job to take in everyone who walks in these doors, to show them the love of Jesus, to strengthen their faith, to help them in any way we can. And in so doing, we are blessed. That's how the grace of God works. Amen.